When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to this very special On The Road podcast, because uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll note that we are not sitting in our studio. Are we, Tommy? No, so we are sitting in a hotel room in Utah, talking about the Easter Jeep Safari today. Yeah, we just got done driving uh, the concept vehicles that every year Jeep rolls out to kind of preview what's coming uh, in their lineup. Uh, it's kind of the funnest day of the year for us, right? Because we are here in Moab with... Uh, well, according to Jeep, 20,000 Jeepers who come here every year as a uh, mecca of off-roading. And I think it is a mecca for off-roading, Tommy. And we got to do a whole bunch of really fun things over the last couple of days. We're going to talk about that. First and foremost, uh, Jeep was kind enough to invite us on a trail ride. So we got to do Poison Spider for the first time. And best of all, we got to do it in concept vehicles. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, and then now, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, it's Monday. We just actually got off uh, the trail where we were driving the newest concepts. So we're going to go through those, talk about them, and uh, let's just talk about kind of the state of Jeep and where we think uh, the off-road world is going. What do you think? Before we get into today's podcast, let us introduce you to Dirt Legal. Dirt Legal helps owners of dirt bikes, ATVs, and UTVs acquire a state-issued street legal license plate that allows these off-roaders to be driven on the street. So no more need to waste time loading up your truck or trailer, driving it to the trailhead, and then unloading it. Now you can simply ride or drive straight to the trail. Here's how it works. Send Dirt Legal your bikes or UTVs information. Dirt Legal then handles the paperwork with the DMV all for a few hundred bucks. At the end of the process, you'll receive a new title, a street legal license plate, and updated title in the mail. Simple, right? To learn more about how Dirt Legal can make your off-roading rig street legal, go to dirtlegal.com. That's dirtlegal.com. This year, spend less time loading and unloading your off-road toys and more time on the trail. All right, so what do you want to start with? Well, so let's talk a little bit about some of the exciting new products that we've been driving um, this week uh, that, that we think could be making it into production. And this is a kind of an interesting thing, and nothing, none of this is really official, but the way that the Jeep folks were talking about it, they seem to really want us to focus on two models in specific. The Jeep Wrangler 392 and the Jeep Wrangler 4xe, both of which they had rolling around on 37-inch tall tires. Yeah, for sure, guys. If you're into you know, off-roading, and it doesn't have to be a Jeep. It could be a Tacoma, which we'll talk about as well. It could be a Bronco, right? I think Ford has really pushed with the new uh, Bronco Raptor uh, the fact that the new 30 five is really the 37 now right that's what i'm seeing when we first started coming here the 33 inch tire was like you know the the go-to tire and then the 33 got surpassed by the 35 and now i think we're way up there to the 37 which is just i mean nobody needs a 37 <laughs> no, but they're cool let alone from a factory equipped vehicle now like i said none of this was like here's a press release this is when it's coming, but there was a lot of like Jeep hinting at like, ooh, make sure you get this cool shot of this Wrangler on 37s, or be like, let's focus on this model. Yeah, and, and the top dog, this is the coolest one we drove by far, in my opinion. Uh, basically, it was a concept, and I'm doing air quotes if you're not watching this on YouTube. Uh, it was a 20th anniversary uh, Rubicon. So 20 years ago, I guess this Skunk Works team uh, in uh, Jeep uh, called Lunatic Fringe, and these guys did it on their own, right? Decided that people were out here in Moab, uh, off-roading and you know adding lockers to their Jeep. So they thought, hey, let's build a Jeep that comes standard from the factory with lockers. 
and that's how the Rubicon was gone, was born. And now in 2023, it's going to be the 20th anniversary, and they've rolled out the 20th anniversary concept, which to me was pretty much a production-ready uh, Jeep that you could buy with one great uh, feature. And what's that, Tommy? I have no idea. Under the hood, come on. What's under the hood? Well, yeah, but you can get that without the, tw- the 20th anniversary. Well, I don't know. I think under the, I think the 20th anniversary is going to come standard as a 392. Now... The, this was one of the, the the concepts that they wanted us to drive today, yeah. um, and they definitely were hinting at like this is probably going to end up on your showroom floor. And basically, what it is, it's a Rubicon three ninety two with big tires and a few stickers. Is that fair to say? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> first of all, four hundred and eighty horsepower, if I remember right. Right, but you can buy that today. Uh, and, True that. Um, True basically, that. the extreme recon package taken to the extreme extreme, right? Because now you're rolling on 37s and not 35s. Yeah. No, I don't mean to. I don't mean to dismiss the 20th anniversary. It was. It was pretty cool. Um, but I think what they're going to do is take the current 392 um, extreme recon, give it some 37s, put some cool 20th anniversary stickers on it. And I think you got yourself a 20th anniversary uh, uh, and for the 2023 model year. Yeah, and they're going to have uh, a vehicle that will directly not only compete with the Bronco Raptor, right? Which right. is also in that same horsepower range. I, I, we just did a video from the Chicago Auto Show. Uh, but it'll, in some ways, if you're a traditional, uh, you know, ICE internal combustion engine kind of guy or gal, it'll surpass it because it's going to have a big old Hemi uh, SRT under the hood, right? That sounds magnificent when you... Uh, Goose to throttle. You know what they should do for the what? 20th anniversary? They shouldn't build this big, crazy, over-the-top one. How about building, like, a really small, stripped-down one for, like, the 20th anniversary? Like, the original TJ Rubicon was pretty small like and basic. Like a flat fender? Like a Willys? No, not that old. <laughs> but, like, a very basic Rubicon. Like, Be- the core of the Rubicon. Because everybody wants, like, today the most extreme, the most expensive, and the company makes a lot more money, and the dealers make a lot more profit when you're selling. And let's face it, if they do build this, which we assume they'll build, this is going to be a $75,000 Jeep. But I think it'd be really cool to have, like, a two-door manual window I agree, but but we also think, so let's talk about okay, that. Okay, this was a cool color. The yeah. TJ had a model called the Impact Orange. It was like this bright orange. I would love like a stripped down Impact Orange Rubicon again. Okay, well, I, I agree. I would love to see that too, but let's talk about the other thing that we did not confirm. Look, it's been in the Jeeposphere, right, that, that they're working on a smaller Wrangler, basically something like a... Jimny or a Suzuki Sidekick, probably not that small, or uh, a Samurai, right? Something of that size. Uh, and we tried, we talked uh, to all sorts of people at Jeep because we were lucky enough to have uh, pretty much the entire leadership team here, including the head of Jeep, who's now French because of the Stellantis, uh, you know, recent purchase, acquisition, partnership time, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but we could not get anybody to confirm it, but we're pretty sure that there's a smaller Wrangler coming that's going to be more affordable. Or a Wrangler... Wrangler Let, uh, Baby Wrangler, what would you call it? Here's the thing. This, this was actually a really interesting thing someone pointed out. Yeah. So every year Jeep does these concept vehicles, right? Um, and they kind of preview what's to come. But it's not like previewing within like a couple of months. It's like previewing a, a, a year or two yeah, ahead. Yeah, because they plan five years ahead. Now, someone pointed this out, right? For a long time, um, what Jeep had done in the concept sphere was variations on a truck. So it was like the Kaiser M715 concepts, um, like the like the um, uh, there was one called the 715. Uh, they had all these like slant nose military. Sure, they, they 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 kind of looked back in their history. But uh, that was like a really hot thing that the head of design Mark Allen was pumping out over and over and over again. And then bam, they released the Gladiator, which was a Jeep truck. Yeah. Now, if you look at some of the concepts that they pulled out of the archive to bring to Moab this year, they were things like pork chop, like stitch. Um, like Shortcut, which are concepts they've done in the past. Yep. But what these are are very, very small, stripped-down, short wheelbase Wranglers. So you're saying Mark Allen is sending a message. I think he's sending his, us a hint. In his design way, saying that there's a stripped-down, basic Wrangler coming. Yes, because um, what they do is they bring a bunch of vehicles out every year to kind of show the community and look back at what they've done. And this year, I don't think it's a coincidence that they brought along like four or five of these really stripped down basic Wranglers. Some of them JKs, some of them um, JLs, but they were all concepts that were like as lightweight, as small and nimble as possible. So what are they going to call it, Tommy? Oh, you're, very, you're very stuck on the name, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, the name's important. I mean, Wranglers become iconic. I think they're going to call it the CJ. The CJ? You think they're going to go back to the mm-hmm. CJ, civilian I bet, Jeep? I bet they will. Really? Why not? All right, well, we'll see. 
Yeah, call it like the CJ9 or something. Yeah, go back to that numbering. Like they had the 5, the 6, the 7. Yeah. Uh, I think they had an 8, uh, maybe a broad, and then maybe call it the 9. How about a Willys? Well, they had, yeah, Willis. it could be a, a Willys. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I think that that's going to be a big part of the future. And the reason we know that they're doing like a small stripped-down model yeah. is because a while back, Stellantis showed they teased their future of electrification and one of the vehicles they teased was like a little pint-sized two-door convertible open top thing so we think it's going to be a little tiny wrangler so you heard it here first there's a small wrangler coming well it's not official all right but, i tried to squeeze it out of them yeah, but, but they weren't no, having it no like uh and the other thing of course that we definitely know is coming and that's because at least half of the concepts were electrified you know electrification and the the, the team said it as much electrification is a future of jeep so you know get your 392s while you can uh, because we're going to be going down the road of electric and they brought back uh the magneto this time it was a magneto 2 uh they stretched it uh they put it on 40s uh and they supposedly gave it uh 600 plus horsepower and a time of zero to 60 in two seconds uh none of which was in the vehicle that we uh yeah, okay the, the, the 40s and the stretch was there but you said after you drove it and the cool thing is they kept the transmission but they said that's not going to make it into production which is a shame i really wish they would keep the transmission uh, you know but you don't need a transmission electric car the way it works in electric cars you can put it in first gear well i think you mean the manual transmission yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what i mean yeah manual transmission they kept the traditional five or six speed right you can put it in six gear it doesn't matter it, it, it the motor's got enough torque but you said it felt like it had 40 horsepower when you drove it well i think that this one was probably heavily detuned oh, for Pro sure probably they didn't want us journalists breaking it but what they did last year is they took a pentastar manual wrangler um, they they worked with Bosto, yeah. which is this huge company yeah. that you've probably you never, never heard, heard of. of. They do every soft top except for the best top for the Wrangler. Yeah, pretty much, and they do all sorts of behind-the-scenes engineering. Yeah. But they ripped out the, the V6 gas engine, and they stuck in an electric motor with the same output as the gas engine. Um, and that's because they were running a manual transmission from the V6 Wrangler. Well, they wanted to really increase the oomph this year so they stretched the wrangler like you talked about and they did that so that they could accommodate a beefier transmission so it has a hellcat transmission that then they beefed up again i think they called it the transilla um the good name and it's got the same motor as last year yeah but they cranked up the wick so instead of 280 horsepower it had 625 not the one we drove well, I think it was detuned. They didn't want us journalists breaking it. So what's the point? So I, 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 I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to be upfront here, right? I felt like the one that uh, you drove this year had less horsepower than the Magneto one. Well, here's the thing, right? Me and yeah. you could handle 600 horsepower. Put Nathan behind it, and you're going to be doing backflips. He'd, he'd, you know? he'd, he'd crawl up the side of the mountain. He'd be backwards, upside yeah. down. That's <laughs> the thing, right? No, I'm giving Nathan a hard oh, time. Oh, come on. We're professionals, Tommy. Some uh, of us are. Uh, I don't know about you. I'm not a professional. What? what you're, you're not going to, you know, we that drive... That thing would end up upside down on fire if they gave me 600 we, we, horsepower. We drive cars for a living, and you're saying we're not, you know, we're not capable of handling a 600 horsepower Wrangler, so they had to detune it for us what? whereas they're gonna let this thing loose on the public at it, some point it's weird it's weird because it's weird because of the manual transmission because it really i don't think there's really no reason to have a manual transmission no you don't need car. one but it's cool and they talk about reasons about like multiplication of torque right but right. when you when you talk to like some super in the weeds engineers um you get slight benefits from efficiency by going to magnification of torques like lower range and lower right. gear but it's really not super needed like the tycon has a two-speed transmission in it but six is just totally ridiculous so, so i was at sema what three years ago maybe four years ago and i was in the ford booth and there was this Wabasto mustang that had a manual transmission yes and that was kind of the antithesis of, or I should say, this is just, it was kind of the, um, the the starting point for the Wrangler with the transmission because when Jeep went to Wabasto, Wabasto said, "Aha, we've already built an electric car with a transmission," uh, and then they took the concept into the Wrangler. But I love the fact I love that it's got a manual transmission. It's so cool. And then I was so bummed when they said, "Oh, it's not going to make it into production." Why, why? Why would you want a manual? So here's how the manual works, right? So you've got uh, you've you don't got need a, a clutch for the most part. Normal shift pattern. Yeah. Um, and the idea is you select a gear using a clutch. So if you want to change gears, you still need to use a clutch. But once you're in gear, you start without the clutch, you uh, merge, you pass, you slow down without a clutch. And really, you need one gear. You stick it in third, and you're going to get max acceleration. You're going to get top speed. Because I, I think giving people choice is the essence of good business and success in business, right? Uh, you don't follow the rest of the her herd of lemmings as they go flying over the cliff, you know, offering CBTs, which people hate, but do something different, right? 
Well, do something, do an electric vehicle. I, know, but I it, mean, just the idea of an electric vehicle with a manual transmission that you don't need is great. You don't need it. So if you don't know how to drive it, right, you can just put it in a gear and never, put, let's say, I think you said third gears, right? But there's really, it. but the issue is, the there's reason, always issues. But there's an advantage to having a, a, a transmission with a gasoline vehicle. Because you've right. got a very narrow I, torque I, I, band I get, at a higher RPM. I get, I get that there's no advantage, I mean, and it, it makes make it more it, complicated. If I you get were that. to shift that vehicle while accelerating, you'd make it significantly slower than if you just stick it but in But you don't gear. have to shift it. You could put it in third gear and drive it around in third gear, probably. So do that, and then just get rid of the other gears. But that's the cool part about <laughs> it, that you, that you have the other gears, that you're giving your customers choice, that if I want to shift it, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like that. it goes to 11, right? It doesn't need to go to 11, but it does, and it's cool, and the it's marketing. The thing is, though, I mean, what I love about a managed transmission in a gas car, right? Is there's burbles and there's there's pops and and then you go to the next gear. There's no sound with an electric motor, so the sensation of shifting is nothing like a gas. Let me give you an example, analogy, right? The Rivian has a flashlight. Now this is much less complicated in the door, like the Mercedes has that umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need a, a flashlight in the door. You could just throw the flashlight in the glove box, right? But it makes your life easier. It's cooler, right? And it's it cool. makes your life better. It makes it makes it harder because you got to manufacture now a door with a Love it. power. Love it. Yeah, it's great. This, this is the same thing in a much bigger scale. You don't need that transmission, but for somebody like me, and I think for some people out there, the the idea of having an electric car with a manual transmission is like it's mind blowing. It's like the best of both worlds. It's like, hey, I can actually roll this thing myself. I know I don't have to, but I can if I want to. And it's something like it's. You know what I always call it? I call it like the uh, the the, the stand effect. To me, like stands your neighbor, right? And you bring a new car home. And you'd be like, hey, Stan, check this out, right? And what do you show them? You either, if it's a big engine, you show them what's under the hood, right? Or if it's like a Rivian, you show them that tunnel that you can crawl through, right? It's something that the person has never seen. Imagine like, hey, Stan, check this out. I've got this electric car, and guess what? I can shift it. That's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Can I put it to you this way? Yeah. The worst part about that vehicle is the main transmission. Fair enough. It was an unpleasant experience. Well, because it's not developed. No, it's a because concept. because it it just it doesn't feel natural. So you you, you put your clutch in, right? Yeah. You shift it in first. Then you release the clutch, then you take off. Mm. There's no sensation of noise, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's time to, is it time to shift? I don't know if it's time to shift. Is it time to shift? So then you shift, push the clutch in. There's no decay of RPMs, because there's no RPMs that need to decay. You go into the next gear, you release it, and then you're back onto it, and I think I'm onto it, but what's, what, where am I at RPM-wise? It's just, it's... You know what doesn't feel natural, Tommy? What? A waffle with a fried piece of chicken on it with a piece of bacon topped with maple syrup. That does not feel natural and yet it's delicious. I just <laughs> it's delicious. It's, this is this is this is the manual in electric. Not natural, doesn't need it, doesn't belong. Wonderful. The worst part delicious. about the worst part about the Porsche Taycan is yeah. the fact that it has to downshift to give you yeah, max that's, acceleration. So that's a two speed automatic. But, you can't shift it. But the best part about an electric car is any speed you plant it and off you go. All right, and well, I, why don't we with agree? like a Tesla, single speed, plant it and off you go. People, I, I people. really, I was in your boat. Yeah. Let me get this straight. I'm a huge manual transmission enthusiast. Yeah, you have a, you have a, a Wrangler with a manual. Every vehicle I own has a manual transmission. And you know what the best thing about that manual is? What? You have an extra gear that you can save. If You know, sixth gear, you, you have it in case fifth gear goes out, you'll have sixth gear. So they gave you an extra gear. It, the thing about... The manual transmission, I, I truly love it. I love it in my classic minis. I love it in, right. in my old Volkswagen. I love it in my Jeeps, my gasoline Jeeps. And I thought I'd love it in electric because I thought it would bring a sense of occasion and enthusiasm right. to it. Um, but you just don't need it. You drove it 20 And feet. then you've got, another, uh, you've got another thing to fail. You've got a clutch, right? You, gotta have you a, don't need the clutch. Well, you do need the clutch well, to only, shift. Oh, you don't have to have a clutch. Oh, you, because, look, you don't need the clutch because you could put it in, like, third gear without the clutch. And that was... And then just drive it like that all day long. And then, but that's another wear item, which can wear out. All right, but then, and then last thing I yeah. want to say, because you didn't drive it. No, I didn't drive this it. This thing had a clutch heavier than a 10,000-ton dump truck. I think that you have so much immediate torque... The clutch has to be like first, F1 base. All right, so two things that we should straighten out. First of all, you drove it for like... like I drove it for a couple of minutes. Couple, yeah, yeah, like and five, it was off-road. Yeah, yeah, it was off-road, and you didn't drive it faster than 15 miles an hour. I hit 20, I think. Oh, bear, oh come on. Maybe, 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 maybe 40, 50, 70. <laughs> maybe, no, it was very slow. Maybe 10. I just, I and, really... And you, and you had, you had uh, Jim Morrison in the vehicle with you, which is a lot of pressure. The head of Jeep... Sitting next to you head while of, you're doing a vehicle. Head of Jeep brand in North America, yes. yeah. <laughs> I, That's not exactly a, a fair... But 
I have to say, apart from the manual transmission, which I think is pointless um, in an EV, I am so excited for an electric Wrangler. Yeah. Because it is such a great experience to be so quiet, to have that immediate torque, to just be able to... Yeah, you can get the 4 by you can already experience that. Yeah, but it only goes 20-some miles on a charge, right? No. This is a pure electric Wrangler, and it really is well, a... 20 miles off-road is a long way. It, yeah, it is. But it is a very, very cool experience. So let me, let me clarify. We drove Tommy's uh, Jeep here, his, uh, his Willys Wrangler uh, two-door. Uh, and um, yeah, I don't know why it has a six gear because on the highway you don't need it nor can you use it because if there's any kind of wind or, or hill, it just needs to be downshifted in a fit. I well, don't know why they did it like that. The issue with the, the, the it's, it's a boring conversation, but the Willie Sport has a 345 rear end. Which is way, and well, it's way too tall. It should be like a 410. Um, and the issue is, is that it's in, in fifth gear at like 70, you're in fifth gear at 70. You're turning like 2,000 RPM. And in six gear, you're turning like 1,800. Right. And it's just, it doesn't have the low end torque to okay, do it. Yeah. But an electric Wrangler would. Right. Um, I really like that Magneto thing. I think it's really cool. And actually, I really like the 4xE2. I don't want to dismiss it for having 20 miles of range. Because that is plenty for a lot of people's commutes. And it is a very cool experience off-roading in pure electric. So, so let me ask you this question, Tommy. So Jeep made the statement that they now sell the most popular plug-in hybrid in America with the Wrangler 4xE uh, being that and coming soon and that video will be up soon as well there's now going to be a Grand Cherokee 4xE and what that basically is for all you um, you know non-electric car fans there's different kinds of electrification right there's which I'm sure you're familiar with like Prius came out with a hybrid right so it's st you still fill the car up with gas but uh, it uses electricity to to supplement the motor uh, and it's pretty much seamless. You don't know, right? Then the next step, of course, would be a plug-in hybrid where you can plug it in like a Jeep 4xE where you can plug it in at home and get like between 20 and 25 miles of range. And when it runs out of range, then the motor comes on and you can keep driving like a normal car or you can save that electricity. There's a little button called save and you could drive on gas. And then when you go get into the city or when you're you know trying to sneak home late at night, you want to be quiet or if you want to go off road, you can use the you know 20 miles of range or 25 miles of range that you have. Uh, and that has now become the most popular plug-in hybrid. And a lot of companies that make plug-in hybrids, Tommy. It's not just Jeep, right? Everything from Mercedes to BMW, they make plug-in hybrids. So the argument that I want to ask about is it, some people say it's the best of the, both worlds and some people say it's the worst of both worlds, right? So I just made the argument for the best of both worlds. You can use the electricity when you want it and you could potentially drive it without ever using a gas engine. The worst of both worlds is you've got, in essence, two powertrains. You've got an electric one and a gasoline one, so you're carrying around a lot more weight, right? A lot more complexity. So where do you fall on that? Um, I think in an off-roader, it's great to have two power or to have the plug-in. So hybrid. You, you you agree that it's a best-selling plug-in hybrid because it's it's good. Well, I mean, I, I think that electrification is the future. Yeah. Big advocate for EVs. I think that when you're off-road, it's nice being able to carry a jerry can with gasoline, yeah. which you can't do with batteries. I think that 20 miles of range. I, I think 40 is kind of the sweet spot on a plug-in hybrid. But of course, it's shaped like a brick. It already has 17 kilowatt hours worth of battery, which is a really enormous pack for a plug-in hybrid. And I think that it makes a lot of sense to have a plug-in hybrid in an off-roader. Um, now, in like my, my daily commuting, I like a full electric because 90% of the time you're gonna be dragging around a gasoline engine that's not running at all. Um, however, once you step into the overlanding space, spaces where you need a lot of um, energy density packed into a small amount of space, um, I think gasoline is still king in that world, and I think a plug-in hybrid is going to be the answer for a lot of folks. Hmm, interesting. So you're... Uh, Having said that, I do, board. I do want a Magneto. I think that full electric Wrangler could be super cool. The other thing we figured out is that if you get a plug-in hybrid, you still get that 7,500 federal tax rebate, right? Mm -hmm. So we've been doing some like do to love my rides, and there are people who are buying these and just flipping them. They're buying the Wrangler 4xEs, and I suspect they'll do the same thing with the uh, Grand Cherokee. So the Wrangler 4xE obviously is not for everyone, right? It's still a Wrangler. It's still pretty, uh, you know, pretty hardcore off-roady on-road, whereas the Jeep Grand um, Cherokee 4xE is going to be much more on-road, much more, you know, um, comfortable, quiet, uh, luxurious. So I think that's going to even have a bigger use case. I think they'll do really well with that. And like I said, there are people who are just buying these things, taking the 7,500 tax credit and flipping them. Yeah, and that that you know that is that is something you are allowed to do. Um, yeah, the government doesn't stop you from doing that. So obviously, when the government puts their finger on the scale, 
in a free market, then you end up with these weird distortions, right? Because that's what that's what governments do. Yes. For better or for worse, depending on you know what side of that argument you fall on. So let's keep talking about uh, some of the other concepts that we drove. What was your? You said your favorite one was the uh, Magneto concept. I did like the Magneto a lot. I thought it was really really good. I um, liked a couple of other things they did. Yeah, so they which have ones? A, they have a number of concepts that they brought out this year. Um, one of the coolest was one called the the forty one concept, and it was a throwback to the old school World War II Willys Jeeps. Um, from back in the day. So it's a Wrangler in olive drab paint, four-door. It had a soft top with the, the sides removed, half doors. And then it had these really cool steel color-matched wheels, which are actually made out of aluminum, but they look like steel wheels. Um, and it was just this really awesome-looking throwback, which I thought was really, really brilliant. So that was one of my favorites this year. Hey, if you guys are listening to this uh, as a podcast, uh, you know, on Apple or Spotify, you can go to alltfl.com, uh, and we're publishing these videos every day so um you know some of these things that we're talking about if you're interested in seeing what they look like because obviously concept cars are you know cool not just to talk about them but to see them you can actually go see them so i love the military one my favorite one was that orange uh, diesel uh what was that one called um it was called the bob concept yeah the bob it was pretty hilarious so um a little bit of uh, double meaning there you're probably too young but there was a a uh, news story that was in the news and got a lot of like attention where uh, this uh, woman, Bobbitt, uh, decided that she had had enough of her husband's uh, shenanigans and cut off his you-know-what okay. and threw it out the window. And yep. then he ran out, got it back, sewed it back on and became a porn, porn star. You can't make that up. And so the Bob concept was actually... Um, a gladiator that had been chopped. They chopped the back off of it. Uh, so they bobbed it. Uh, uh, and then there were a lot of references to this very funny story that was in the news like 20 years ago. Uh, and you got to see it in the video. So I'm not, I'm not, I think I would ruin it if I described it. But it was a cool Jeep, right? I mean, it was a gladiator that was shortened and looked just like basically a Wrangler with a bed. Like an old LJ, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a cool one that they did. Um, one of the more interesting ones is they took the new Grand Cherokee uh, 4xE, which yeah, is a plug-in cool hybrid, too, yeah. and they put it on 33-inch tall tires. They didn't actually change the suspension. They broke it, man. They did space it out, and they, they kind of put it on, on these, these, these chunky tires that stuck out past the body. But it was a very interesting... Uh, very interesting little setup. Yeah, it was, you know, Mark did something which is really hard, and that is he took a, a very kind of, um, you know, urban and chic and kind of, you know, in vogue Jeep and made it off-road worthy and rugged at the same time. So, it, 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 you know, the, the tire stuck out beyond the body. Uh, he actually slammed it. You could slam it because it has air suspension. Uh, and he just made, like, a really cool, like, urban off-roader, if, if those two go together. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was a really interesting uh, combination of, uh, of traits that you don't find too often. It had a houndstooth interior. Yeah, it was beautiful. Which was very cool. Uh, yeah, there was a lot that I really liked about um, that Grand Cherokee. And, of course, the 4xE is the model that they're really pushing this year. So that, that's the one that you're going to see a lot of news about coming up in the near future. So that was cool. Um, there was this, um, oh, what was that thing called? There was a... Um, Which one? Oh, maybe I can help you. Uh, no, my, my brain's freezing. There was this one called the Decoder, which was a Mopar basically catalog oh, yeah. where they color-coded all the Mopar bits so you could yep. see what they did. And then they did one called the Birdcage, which was really cool. Once again, another Mopar slash J. Sort of, part. but it was kind of like a, a test bed for future products. Yeah. So it had this insanely stubby bumper with this grill that cut into the, uh, the, the it was cut around the winch, which was really funky. It had these uh, these cross tubes that circled into the grill and then it had a short and stubbier grill. It had uh, this really wild in-bed trunk which was like a lockable trunk system, uh, pretty cool. It kind of had some stuff going on with the cage, which was a little different. So very interesting design. So we were here in Moab about three weeks ago, basically for uh, spring break, and it was so crazy busy that I was actually not looking forward to it for the first time in uh, 10 or 20 years I've been coming here because I was afraid it was going to be horribly uh, just overcrowded, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's busy, but I don't think it's as bad as it was with spring break. I think that the prices here have gotten really expensive. Once upon a time, I used to come here on my dirt bike, right? And we would stay at the Motel 6 and spend, like, if, if we spent more than 69 bucks, I was all grumpy. You know, come back all dirty. It was just so down home. And I kept thinking to myself, if Moab were anywhere else in the world, it would be all she-she and really, like, super, you know, super wealthy. Like, like the Monte Carlo of 
off-roading and uh, for better or for worse it's kind of turning into that you know you're seeing a lot more hotel rooms now that are nicer but also it's not uncommon to spend heck even in a regular hotel two hundred dollars let alone the nicer ones then you're talking three four five six hundred dollars a night uh, and that's crazy for a little town of five thousand in the middle of nowhere utah basically most beautiful place in the world but nevertheless not easy to get to it's pretty darn busy here though it is busy yeah i mean every third car here is a wrangler or a gladiator so, so this week we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of jeeps kind of cruising around moab here and we've seen lots of trends that are the hot in thing right now so what are some of the cool things that people are doing well first of all i think that light bars are gone right or not the, gone the square ones that's an interesting one yeah those big light bars everybody's putting everywhere i think those are very out of vogue yeah right yes. now you've got the little tiny lights right the pods put, yeah the little pods that either go next to the winch or on the side of the vehicle i also think that steel wheels are in tommy steel wheels are in in a big way yep yeah. so we did a gladiator build a couple of years ago with uh factory steel wheels right and it was such a cool little build and it came out fantastic um, now, I did ask the Jeep guys, I said, why don't you put more steel wheels like this Gladiator uh, spare on factory-equipped models? They said it's a heat dissipation thing of the brakes. So I guess um, the, the design with the, the, the little holes, right, yeah. maybe the steel itself, isn't very good at dissipating heat out of the, uh, out of the brakes. So that's I mean, why you don't what, see what it. What we did was really cool. We took the spare steel wheel that's under the Gladiator and we put it on all four. On all four. But now there's companies and actually one of the concepts had it that are actually kind of doing that design. But you're saying that um, to get away or get past the steel problem with the heat dissipation is they're making them out of aluminum now. Yeah, so... Um, but you still don't have the holes in. Well, yeah. So I, I don't really know the full science there, but um, yeah, the company that was making the steel wheels for the Jeep concept this year, aluminum wheels that looked like steels, Ford Bronco Sport has a steel wheel design, and it's actually made out of aluminum, um, but definitely a big trend. I'm seeing a lot of underglow, so lights that kind of shine underneath the vehicle. It was like, when I think of underglow, I think of like Vin Diesel, right? From Very Fast, from and, the furious, fast yeah. and the Furious. Yeah. Um, I guess if you're out there, like you can go Hell's Revenge at night, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool, um, but definitely a big thing. I've been seeing a lot of that. I've seen a lot fewer rooftop tents. They're still out there, but less than in the... I mean, for a while, the rooftop tent was synonymous with overlanding, and people are driving around. I think that may be due to, like, fuel prices, because it's like having a brick on your roof, right? A rooftop tent is not a great aero aid. No, yeah. not, not, not a very good aero so aid. So I think people are now taking them off, especially the old school ones, right? The square ones. The newer ones are the pop-up ones that are a little bit more... Uh, like aerodynamic. I am seeing a lot of really big wheels with really big tires. So like 35, 37, 40 inch tall tires. I love that dude. We had this, we should have this conversation because I, I love big wheels. But hold up, but I'm seeing like 20, 22 inch wheels right. on like a 37 inch tall tire. And but, you like that. No, you, I like, I think the 37 is a new 35. No, it's too big. No, it's not. It's and, too big. Not, once you've gone 37, and then you go to a 40, it's hard to go back. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. We just came back from the Easter Jeep uh, concept vehicle, and I rode in the backseat of your Wrangler. Oh, dude, that was so miserable. I was flopping around back there, holding on to that uh, sports bar, trying to keep my head from smashing into the speaker that's you know mounted above your head. It is no fun. And when you, big, when you put on like big 37s and you air them down, super comfy. You know what I'm going to say? You're going to say they're miserable and dangerous on road. I'm going to say, okay, boomer. <laughs> oh, ouch. You know I'm going to say, no, here's the thing, right? It's just, especially in recent years, I mean, it's just getting out of hand. Yeah, 37 is the new 35, and five years from now, 40 will be the new 37. It's, it's too big. It's it just is, too big. It's too big. No, it's America. If, I've got a buddy in, in, uh, in, in the industry named yeah. Brandon. Okay. Um, and he wheels CJ2As, right. which are the original yeah, 1940s yeah, sure. and 50s Jeeps, whatever. With like uh, coffee coasters for wheels. Yeah, like 20 inch to 8 yeah. tons tall yeah, tires. Yeah, sure. And it's great because when you've got a small tire, it takes less uh, dangerous terrain for you to be challenged. I mean, part of the fun about off-roading is can I make it up that, right? I mean, it's about the scale and the technique involved. When you go to like a 37, a 40, you gotta practically be scaling Mount Everest to get any first, kind of first challenge. Of, first of all, they look cool, right? There's, there's well, no- They look cool. There's no Jeep that a bigger tire won't make look better. I know, but it just becomes this whole size contest. Oh, you can't come here. You've got 40s, or you got, I got 44s. Oh, you have 44s, I got 48s. And then when you're wheeling it, right, you're like, oh, there's an obstacle, but I'm on 
40s, I don't care. Boom, and right then over. it's not fun. It's fun. It's, it's not, not, it's it's comfortable. not fun. It's comfortable and fun. If you were on 27s doing that obstacle, you'd be out there figuring out the line and no, working no, on I, the lockers. I'd, I'd, be like, I'd be like, look at that loser. Let me just go over and let, see, that, let, the, let him figure it out. See, that's what is ruining the <laughs> off-road community. Now, now, I will give you this, Tommy. They are really... Uh, loud and you know well they're bad for safety they're bad for fuel economy somewhere dangerous on road because uh obviously the stopping distance increases uh but you won't curve a wheel no but they roll (laughs) over in the moose test it's just it's dangerous um to be putting these huge wheels on them it's dangerous to put a 700 horsepower hemi under the hood of a car where people do it there needs to be some kind of like gentleman's agreement yeah you know, um, like, like on the Autobahn where like, they agreed that they won't top 155 miles great. an hour. Great. Or yeah. like in the 90s when the Japanese automakers were like 276 horsepower is enough. You know, we got to have some, because otherwise we're going to end up with 50 inch wheels and then um, soccer moms are going to be running over babies and churches and children. Dude, it's America. That's what we do. Oh, this is it. America. We, we don't have gentlemen's agreements. The only agreement that we have is not to agree on anything and bigger is better. And, you know, let, I, the, market, let the market decide. It's ridiculous. It's, it's just, and then of course, vehicle manufacturers complain like, oh, you know, we couldn't do this vehicle like you wanted it because we have to meet cafe numbers. I'm like, you got to meet cafe numbers. Take the freaking 35s off of the Bronco and that'll help your cafe look, numbers. Look, the, the, the fact is that like the new uh, Raptor Bronco is coming out with 37s and so Jeep has to answer it, right? Jeep can't be like, oh, you know, we'll put on 33s and you guys can have more fun going over the obstacle and around the obstacle while the Raptor guys, uh, Bronco Raptor guys are like, you know, you guys are a bunch of losers. I mean, that's just the market it's a dangerous precedent we are setting <sighs> what other uh, trends are there so besides big wheels and tires dangerous precedent uh, another trend uh, luckily this is a good one a safety one most of the winches now have synthetic rope uh, yes as opposed to the you know, that's the, been the, a very good trend the the cutting in half uh, of of human body metal ropes right uh, like i talked about i've been seeing a lot of really big wheels so like okay. for a while it was like 17s and 18s and now it's like 19s and 20s and now it's even like 21s and 22s. And these are not on like mall crawler rigs. These are on like off-road rigs. Because the issue is, you start talking about 40-inch tall tires. Well, now you can do a 20 or a 22 and still have a really big sidewall because it's such a freaking massive tire. Um, so I've been seeing a lot of that. Um, but yeah, I mean... Bronco it, is a trend. When we were here last year, there were very few Broncos. Now there's a lot a more. A lot of Broncos. And they're also starting to become customized. So you're seeing like, you know, Broncos getting lifted. Uh, you're seeing Broncos on, you know, bigger wheels, bigger tires, bigger, bigger uh, bumpers, smaller bumpers. Uh, you're also seeing a lot more like um, expensive suspension. So you're seeing a lot more Fox. You're seeing a lot more King. Yep, right? I've seen a lot of V8s here. I mean, obviously V8 conversions have right. been a thing for a long time, but and, lots of the 392s. And a lot of side by sides. So we did this drive um, with Jeep Action Saturday, where they let us take out one of their priceless concepts onto a really hard trail. So we ran Poison Spider. Yes. Which is the first time doing that. Yeah. Um, it was great. We went up the waterfall, and the concept that we chose... And they closed it for us. Can you believe it? I know. That's a, that was very that's bougie. That's plus of being here it with you. very nice. Because Poison Spider is the most crowded one, and we were there by ourselves. It was so cool. So cool. And Tommy, I have to say, I was really proud of you, because you were in the seriously million-dollar concept truck uh, with... Uh, it was one of the concepts that was like hand-built. It had the Hellcat power plant. Uh, rolling on 40s, and I was terrified because this was truly a priceless concept, right? You could tell how much love they put into well, this. Well, so it was a, it was called the, I think the five quarter. Yeah. I genuinely, I assume it's like a half a million dollar concept because it started life out as an M715, which is a Kaiser military truck like the Vietnam era, but everything was customized to the point where like they wanted more grill slant on it. So then they had to come up with a custom grill, but they couldn't just do a custom grill in a normal oh, way. They, God, was... they forged it out of carbon fiber, and then it had a full custom hood on it, made it to the carbon fiber front end, and then it had a Hellcat engine, and then it had full King Shocks long travel. Oh, I know, I know, the was... back was made out of um, uh, welded aluminum, hand welded aluminum, beautiful. but it was all like beautifully done. And, and a wooden bed, it was It had a wooden, wooden bed, and it, yeah, it had, I mean, this insane cage in it, and these aeronautic gauges on the inside, and this like saddle leather interior, I mean, it was like half a million dollars and it was cool because we got to meet some of the people we watch on youtube so brad from trail recon was on this ride very cool yeah very it was cool. great great to see like him t- today we saw fred from uh, dirt every day he uh-huh. was here uh sean from motor trend and yeah. you know, truck podcast it's cool to meet these people you know that we watch and listen to but it's even cooler to like kind of talk to some of the engineers yeah so i talked to the development lead for the four by e the plug-in hybrid wrangler uh-huh. for quite a long time we talked about like calibration of the um the zf 
base transmission and the electric motor system is very cool. I met a product planner. This was one of my highlights. I met this product planner gentleman who's apparently listens to the podcast with his son, James. Hey, Jim. J- James. Hey, James. I think. Hey, I'm, Jimmy. I'm really, I'm really bad with names. So I apologize, James. I hope one of those three is correct. Um, and anyways, really appreciate you listening. But we were talking about product planning and he had some, done some really cool stuff. Like he was early, early on in developing like the power top systems. He was even doing it on first generation Liberties. So James, your dad is really, really cool. And we were talking about like the flexibility problems about that and, and all the craziness. And he was doing a KDSS system on a first gen or a second gen Grand Cherokee. Um, and it was just really cool talking to some of these people. Um, I got I got a little bit of a backstory behind the Wheelies edition. Yeah. Did you know that? What's the, what's the backstory? Your 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 Jeep. My Jeep, the yeah. Wheelies, right? Yeah. So you've got the Rubicon, right? Yeah. Uh, which is very cool in the sport model. But then in the JK, they brought back the Wheelies nameplate, and I guess um, the story goes that our our buddy Jim Morrison, who's now the head of um, the Jeep brand in North America, was working for Jeep Canada at the time, and uh, in Canada you could get a sport model. Um, a sport model Wrangler with mud terrain tires. And I guess his son had one at the time, which is a really cool story. It was a Hydra Blue Jeep. Yeah. And um, he was really into like Plastidip. And what he had done is he had Plastidip the grill black. And Jim looked at it and was like, oh, that's kind of a cool look. Yeah. Um, and it then is. at the time, you had the mud terrain tires on the sport. And he's like, well, what if we, you know, put rock rails on it? Um, and the way that corporate structure works is you have to use a nameplate. You can't let it lapse for so many years before yeah. it enters the open market. Right. So you have to use, like, the word gladiator. Right. Or, or Comanche, which you're not going to use because, of course, it's no longer in vogue to use Indian names. And it probably shouldn't be in vogue. So what they ended up doing was taking this plastic-tipped Wrangler with these Canadian spec mud terrain tires and making a trim out of that, the Willys Wheeler, which was supposed to be the affordable entry-level way to get an off-road model Wrangler. And then that turned into the Willys model, which was hugely popular in the Willys Sport. So lots of really interesting little backstories like that. Um, I know we discussed a little bit earlier, but like the Rubicon backstory was really cool with the Skunk Works team that spent their own money developing these Jeeps and, on, on the side. So really interesting to hear a lot of these stories. Yeah, so on the way down from Poison Spider, we got the uh, uh, switch concepts and we rode in one called Shortcut, right? It's this really lightweight uh, kind of fun Jeep where it was a JK that they converted into uh, just a regular. And we run 35s. And I got to tell you, Tommy, I like those 40s better in the truck nope yes that's incorrect yes, yes that's no, correct now this shortcut was an a-, a jk wrangler concept yes. with a full custom tub that was meant to look like a cj5 um and once again color match steel wheels but this was the best little jeep to off-road it was lightweight it was small it was narrow you could kind of zip through these little cracks and crevices and up little rocks versus the big ones yeah i like going over stuff no it was better <laughs> why go over something when you could avoid it altogether? just whoop. Uh, because you never avoid it you still end up it going over it a little bit brilliant it was a fantastic it was so narrow i mean there was this one obstacle we were coming down the switchback and there were these big like three foot boulders and the gladiators were like blumbering over them i slipped right through the middle of them little shortcut when you zoom all right um let's switch up gears uh, and finish this off Uh, nathan was with us here uh and he ended up borrowing the new 2022 toyota tacoma trd pro uh we did a video by the way guys uh you know we've got a lot of news coming up this week we've got uh, andre over at the uh uh, New York Auto Show. We've got all these concept vehicles that we're going to be putting up videos on. We've got news stories. So if you want to get all of that, just go to alltfl.com and it'll take you to a, a page which has all of our YouTube channels, our TikTok. So if you want to see these vehicles, like for instance, we did a, a TikTok and a, a off-road short on the truck that we rode, uh, you can just go to alltfl.com and you can check it out because uh, obviously it's all about seeing, not just hearing. But let's talk about the Tacoma and that video is up there as well. Uh, love it. Uh, the color, electric green, beautiful. 80s colors, neons are back. And this one you could see from space and I love that fact. Very comfortable truck. Uh, was really impressed, Tommy, by how good it did off-road. Fantastic, fantastic little thing. Um, the the color is a little questionable. Well, that's a... That's Electric lime yeah, was... Yeah, beautiful. Oh, 
Yeah. I don't know if I like it. There's two greens, right? There's electric lime and then the, then the Forerunner has a Lime Rush. So uh, different yeah. shade of green. Um, but it's like the TRD Pro. But the, the truck is fantastic. It's got new forged upper control arms. It's yep. got the, uh, the new improved suspension. Tons of clearance on the thing. Rode beautifully. Um, I do have a gripe with Toyota's locking rear diff. What's that? It's just it's the worst engagement on any new car. So I figured that out. On the Tundra that we have, you got to go from like too high to four high to four low. You have to stop at four high. You can't just skip four high. You got to engage four high and then you have to engage. That and I know that's that I know doesn't that sound good the locker. I know, but you have to do that. That doesn't sound like science. Don't, it just I don't, that's the way it is. I don't. I've, and you know, you know what I hate about the locker? It's up here. Why is a locker up here by the sunroof? Because it's brilliant. No, it's horrible. Overhead controls are the best type of controls. No, no. What should be up there is the light switch and the sunroof switch. That's it. You shouldn't have like a, a locker. You shouldn't have nope. that little knob where it controls. Overhead the... controls are just cooler. You feel like you're Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Anything should be up there. <laughs> I mean. Um, Everything light switch. Should be light switch, wipers, heater. Put it all up. It's cool. Transmission. You want it's this cooler. transmission up here? Yes. <laughs> oh, Make it an sakes. aluminum toggle switch on the roof, and <laughs> I will buy it immediately. Maybe auxiliary switches. No. Right, I'll give you lights. Everything. I'll give you maybe auxiliary and definitely sunroof. That's was, all that belongs up there. I was just in the new Ineos Grenadier, yeah. which is this off-roader from the yeah, UK. Yeah. Full overhead switches for everything. It's like love box store, <laughs> tail lights, wheel lug nuts. Up on the roof. Put them all up on the roof. It's better. Squirty fluid. Everything. Freaking awesome. <laughs> you got your jellyfish launcher up there. I loved it. It's fantastic. Anyway, let's get back to but, um, come on, the so. locker. You click the button on and it's like blink, blink, blink. And then you're like, oh, come on. So you back up and it's just like blink. Blink, you go forward, it's like blink, and you're just like, just engage. You're just like screaming at this thing. Once it does engage, it's fantastic. Oh, so, look, this Tacoma we had was 51K, which right. I think probably unobtainium again. I don't know what the Tacoma you know, world looks like out there in the dealerships, but I'm sure it's hard. But I just fell in love with it. I thought it was stylish. People were giving us compliments on it. I thought it was just incredibly, uh, you know, talented off-road and natural athlete. It did everything that we threw at it, you know, good approach, good departure angle. Uh, the biggest issue for me are the tires. They're just absolutely just not not off-road worthy. Yeah. I, think it, I think they're done for fuel economy. And I don't get, Tommy, the 3.5, you know. And it's like for some reason they had the 4-liter, which they paired with the 5-speed. And the 4Runner works great. And then maybe for fuel efficiency, they said, let's swap out the 3.5 and put it in a Tacoma. And now you've got like me and you bickering between the 3.5 and the transmission of the Tacoma. The two just don't get along. Yeah, I, I, yeah, they, re, they reprogrammed the, the transmission. A buddy of mine is the chief engineer of Tacoma now. Yeah. Um, he's a great guy. And he's talking Mike about. Swears. No, no, Mike Swears did the Tacoma and then he moved on to the Tundra. Yeah. And then um, my, my new buddy Sheldon kind of took over Tacoma okay. and he redid the transmission programming so and the he, shift points and the mapping. And it's a little better. They still, the issue with the transmission though is the engine makes its power at like 25,000 RPM, right? So in a truck, you're driving around at like 1,500, 2,000 and there's just nothing going on. And then um, you get to 5,000 RPM and there's a lot of power and then it shifts up but there's not enough ratio so then it's bogging so then it downshifts and it's just kind of hunting a little bit um but as an off-road vehicle everything is tucked super high in a tacoma all of the underside is really up high you know that like thing where your legs are stretched yeah, up forward yeah, I know. you know why they do that so they can tuck everything way up high no, in I, the chassis. I think off-road is incredible it's fantastic um yeah. it, it still is the best looking mid-size truck in the market it just looks amazing. Yeah, it does. It Especially does. in that. Uh, except for the hood scoop. The hood scoop is kind of redundant because it doesn't function and it's hard to see over the hood. So you're, you know, you're having a hard time kind of seeing the drop off that's coming. But lovely, lovely, lovely truck. Um, I, I, I agree with the tires. The tires aren't very good yeah. from the factory. 51,000. Give me some real rubber on there. Something that looks. You just, it's, you it's, just it's, have to spend fourteen hundred immediately to improve the tires because yeah, the Kevlar. Crazy. And I've talked to him about that, and they're like, "Well, you we have to balance fuel economy, really uh, big one, with quietness. Economy. It's a quiet tire." Look, if, if any company does need to balance fuel economy, it's Toyota, right? They've got the yeah, Prius. Yeah, but their trucks really hurt them. Their trucks are really pretty inefficient. New Tundra's better. Yeah, they got the Prime, they got the Prius, they got all these hybrid drives, so they're the least affected by fuel economy standards in America. But uh, a great truck. So, so um, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we have a lot of uh, really great content and videos and stories coming this week. Andre is over uh, at uh, 
the New York Auto Show, so we're going to have a lot of news from there. Uh, you just did a video on TFL EV for the new Toyota BZ4X. Yep. Uh, I'm going to drive the new Range Rover, so I'll have a walk-around video of that. And all that stuff lives on different YouTube channels, so if you go to alltfl.com, it's all there. Thank you, Jim Morrison, for that suggestion. He watches our videos, and he suggested that because it used to be TFL-Studios, which is confusing. Now it's all TFL.com, and you can save it as a little web app to your phone. Uh, so uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff this week, uh, and uh, you know, I want to thank Jeep for inviting us once again to the best weekend of the year and being here in, uh, I think, the mecca of off-roading. Now, I think what should happen is every manufacturer should do one of these. I think Ford should do one, Toyota, Nissan, because it's just so much fun. It's great to come out here with all the enthusiasts, talk to people, um, and and yeah, it'd be amazing if like. Ford had like a Christmas uh, Christmas Bronco Safari. Plus, plus, I kind of feel like a rock star because people know us. So we walk down the street and they're like, "Hey, aren't you the TFL guys?" And we're like, "Yeah, we're the TFL guys." Or like guys. The, the Toyota Lens Safari, you know? <laughs> Come up with something like that. It'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think Toyota's. You know, um, so Jim likes to say that this is a place where he gets to talk to the fans of the brand and gets to interact with them. And I think that's true. I think this is just a great crucible for any manufacturer to figure out what people want and what people don't want. Uh, and because there's so much aftermarket support for Jeeps, right, you get all these like industry people here. And so it's like uh, supercharging the, the brand when you're here. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Yep. Thanks for watching. Remember, check out alltfl.com because uh, it's got a lot of cool stuff coming this week. See you next time. Ciao. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.